Hi, this is Amrita Sukumar and I am bringing to you this podcast called Unsettling. Look around you. Everyone is trying to create their own story. Make a tiny change in someone's life by just following their passion and in turn inspiring the others to follow suit. This podcast brings to you stories of people who have defied the definition of settled set by the society and have created their own. They have found happiness in their version of settled. Following the path is quite easy but it is difficult to take the road not taken. My next guest not only did take the path unknown but she has created quite a niche for herself in the world of child photography. She has the skill not only to click adorable pictures of babies and their mommies but she also has the skill to keep them smiling for the photographs throughout. I have with me my next guest the founder of Mommy Shots by Amrita Amrita Samant herself Hi Amrita how are you Hi hi Amrita <laughs> It's kind of funny to actually <laughs> call you yes. by my name but I'm so happy to be here It's going to be difficult today because they will have to guess who is who both are named Amrita today That's true <laughs> Yes we have, uh, so I would just like to tell you and the audience that we both have a lot of similarities one we are both named Amrita We both have the same initials, and uh, you're a North Indian settled in South India, and I'm a South Indian settled in North India. I know this. In, this is going to take an interesting. This is thing. quite incredible. I read up about you, and I was so excited. I'm like, oh my god, there are a lot of parallels between her life and my life. Uh, so I, I feel like a tiny celebrity now. <laughs> <laughs> there is no celebrity in this conversation. Please don't do yes, that. Yes, <laughs> that's me. Thanks. <laughs> Okay. So uh, Amrita let us begin the episode with your journey so far I watched one of your TED talks and I know that you are an epitome of unsettled could you please share that story with the listeners as well For sure um yeah. my TED talk was possibly my most nervous talk ever but I'll, I'll I'll make it a lot more fun and quicker here um, Okay so like you know I was born in uh, born in the south and you know uh, I am not indian so I had kind of like the best of both worlds the yeah. food from both worlds the, the 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 upbringing the cultural you know um, enlightenment all of that now yeah. while growing up though I think some things stayed the same for both you and me in yeah. terms of what could we do professionally and you know the options are pretty obvious at home in terms of you know when to take up science when to take up i don't know become a lawyer or yeah. um just anything that's safe secure and reliable but i had a completely different notion growing up because i think at the age of 5 i was you know uh, put on stage by my my teacher and uh, it was um, a silly dance we were wearing red paper skirts and just shaking our hips because what else can we do at 5 right and then <laughs> um ever since that i realized how powerful a performance can be or i understood what the power of being on stage is and what performing meant to me and ever um sorry ever ever since that day i would volunteer to be on stage for anything at all and i can't sing to save my life but i would even try singing i would do anything just to like sort of find myself as a performer so uh-huh. my entire school life and college life was spent um more on extracurricular activities than academics though i was pretty fairly okay with it but um i loved my extracurricular activities i was very involved in the whole thing so over time i realized that this is what i want to do and how could i possibly do it can i become an artist can i become you know maybe a professional dancer an actor 
all of which was rejected very quickly within the family saying, oh, no, these are not secure enough. These are not reliable enough opportunities. So don't even bother exploring it. And I get it. I mean, you know, each community has its own uh, values and ideas about uh, each profession. So at 17 and 18, you don't know better. So you sort of just go with the flow. But what I realized over um, the seven years of work experience I gathered while working as human resources is that every time I finished work or every day I finished work at six or seven, I would be out at some rehearsal studio or dance space or the other trying to find my true calling, trying to explore different creative opportunities, something that would let my creative juices flow or just let me be a performing artist. I did this for seven years and I realized that you know, I need to address it. This is not normal. And I want people to chase two rabbits the whole time. So I finally stumbled upon photography after exploring nine other different creative career opportunities. And um, I stuck with it and decided to combine babies and photography, which was literally a brainwave that struck me one day. So yes, long story short there. Oh, quite interesting. But then I have this query uh, for you because since you have been good at everything that you did there were a lot of skills that you were good at when did you feel that photography is something that you wanted to do full-time what what helped you zero in on it what was your thought process well after exploring nine other opportunities like i told you right and those Mm -hmm. strength from um writing for magazines to zumba instructing to um at some point, I was thinking about becoming a whitewater kayaking instructor even. I'm like, I was, I was going all over the place trying to figure what I could do okay. professionally. And uh-huh. when I stumbled onto photography, it started out with a really good friend of mine who um, is a wedding photographer. I um, assisted him on the field, did a couple of weddings, learned a lot more about photography, the different perspectives around it. What stuck with me was uh, two things. One, it was a beautiful medium for expression. You could express what you want through photographs. And uh, the second thing and the more important thing was the fact that I understood very quickly what the power of a photograph is. And once you figure that out, it's really hard to delink or unlink yourself from it. So uh, that's that was the hook for me. And that's when I jumped in and decided to take up photography only thing is I was sure I didn't have the patience for adults and I just wanted to work with kids. (laughs) So I continued with the uh, child photography at that point. Oh, but that is quite uh, the opposite of what people say, right? The, the children are quite difficult to deal with. They're quite impatient and you don't know what is going to happen next. It's quite unexpected. So how do you deal with that? And how do you still get a photograph, photograph that is that memorable? How do you do that? Okay, so uh, I think... Um, I mean, now in retrospect, I can tell you this. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> is that when uh, people say that, you know, with kids, you need a lot of patience. That is yeah. true. You do need uh-huh. a lot of patience because you can't have them follow your instructions per se. Yeah. But I feel like those who say that are just people who haven't really understood how to communicate with them. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, anyone who specializes with children will agree with me that they communicate so beautifully. They are so smart. They are so intelligent. And um, it's just about whether you're ready to listen. Yeah. So honestly, over the years, I think I've honed those skills with a lot of research, studies, trial and error. Just the experience of working with so many children has taught me that they're so amazing to work with because of the energy and the positive aura they come with. Um, so it's definitely a lot easier working with them. 
Okay, uh, I will have to believe you because uh, my nephew is quite naughty. So, <laughs> but um, I'm just, I just am really curious that one, you create such beautiful, picturesque um, themes. And I've seen that you literally create bundles of joy. Uh, where you have the tiny newborn in your bundle. So how do you come up with these themes? Do you just go with your props there and then decide on the spot that this is the lighting and this is the theme I want? Or do you have everything prepared in advance? Oh, well, see, I honestly, why I'd love to take credit for everything I do, I should tell you that the concept of newborn photography already yeah. existed when I, uh, it existed in the West. Uh, okay. When I started in India, there was literally no one else doing it, although I looked far and wide to have someone to discuss my challenges with. Um, so the, the concept was very popular in uh, most other countries. And um, so I did get myself trained by a whole bunch of photographers through the years, you know, to sort of get better at what I do uh, in terms of safety certifications, how to pose children, how to handle newborns, soothe them, wrap them, all of it, you know, something I picked up along the way. And then over a period of time, when you're confident enough, you improvise and start creating your own themes, start creating your own, um, you know, color palettes and looks that you can possibly claim as yours but um wow. so there was a lot of inspiration i drew from a whole bunch of photographers in the initial times um mm. because i was so new to this world uh but over time i think when you understand what a child's capable of in a shoot by just you know interacting with them in the first 20 minutes you start tuning the entire shoot to what the baby will be comfortable with and then work your looks around that all the time to put it in short every single shoot is different from the previous one and every single shoot is a creative boot camp because you're under pressure to perform within the time the child gives you right. and you're coming up with things on the go so it's it i think every photographer getting into this will just get better with time mm-hmm. oh it's quite yeah a, i did i did not know i mean i completely forgot that you have to handle the child properly and you have to wrap them soothe them so um did you have to train for this properly or this is something that you learned on the go? Um, so I definitely did some trainings initially, especially with okay. newborns. Um, you have to do a safety certification uh, so okay. you know how to handle them well. And these are specifically for newborns, right? For older children, it comes with, um, you know, understanding their characteristics, their traits, what they're, uh, what they're capable of at that particular age. And then there's a whole science to it because for every age group, mm-hmm. there is a different um, mindset you approach the shoot with. And I'll get to that a little later. But for newborn okay. specifically, yes, formal training required. And I did plenty of those. I still continue to attend workshops because everything, you know, ev- everyone teaches you something different. So um, you just keep that, that, that mind open and absorb what you can to get better. Okay, this is quite interesting. So, uh, uh, this is one query that I wanted to ask you. Did you have to take a formal training in photography? Uh, is it necessary to take a formal training in photography? Because this is a question that comes up every time. Uh, now that there are a lot of YouTube videos and online courses that you can do. Uh, is it okay to do that? Or sh- should somebody go for a formal training for this? Uh, actually, you know what? I haven't had formal training myself. Uh, okay. Although in retrospect, I wish I did because I spent, you know, almost, I did a double master's in HR and then seven yeah. years of work experience in HR <laughs> and I'm landed up with photography. So I would have used that time really well. But if you have the option, I think it's always good to get uh, formally trained. Having okay. a strong foundation just makes you better and equips you to move faster and accelerates your growth as well. Uh, but 
if you don't have the option if it's like if you if you want to switch careers a little late in life you can always learn on your own and yeah like you said we're spoiled with resources online we're so spoiled with the amount of information yeah. everyone out there is willing to teach and educate so it's up to you but absorbing mm-hmm. and not just absorbing but also going out there and practicing because that's the only way you yes. validate <laughs> how much you need up Hey, so you have to put the theory in practice because it is not uh, possible to learn it by rote and just going and uh, shooting with your camera, for sure. That's right. <laughs> so, Amrita, what were the challenges that you had to face when you transitioned from a corporate life to the life of an entrepreneur, and also the challenges that you have to face now on a daily basis? Um, I could use the next. Um... Two hours of your podcast <laughs> with that question. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I don't mind you can. <laughs> I'll, I'll avoid boring you, but okay. every single day is um, filled with challenges, and you know every shoot is a challenge by itself because, like I said, every baby is different. The 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 entire approach to the shoot. uh becomes a challenge what the baby reacts like is a challenge you know so mm-hmm. it's that let's let's park that daily challenge aside but mm-hmm. i think the the biggest um um transition mindset transition that i had to go through was assuming i'm becoming an artist <laughs> when i quit my corporate life and then i was in a root i was in for a root shock because i realized hey i'm not just an artist i also have to be an entrepreneur because this is also yeah. a business so right. um it took some time adjusting uh, my 9 to 6 work time to a 24 hour work sched- uh, schedule because you know you don't know when to stop mm-hmm. so it <laughs> took some time and it was really rough i can, can tell you that for sure uh, i was all of 27 27 and a half when i started this and i had okay. no idea when i should stop working when i should develop a routine and what a routine meant in when you're working in a new business because your hustle is you know 200% more than regular because mm-hmm. you got to you just got to make sure things work out and you're not left out in the cold with nothing so um yeah. those were the initial challenges and then uh-huh. over time it was um the big the second big challenge was about how maternity shoots and newborn shoots something i was really excited about and looking forward to introducing to india because like i said there were very few people doing it but when i started out there's hardly anyone really catching up to it so um coming back to it yeah. breaking the taboos that are associated with uh, maternity and newborn shoots back in 2014 was possibly something i didn't foresee and i had to face um when i realized how many people were saying no we don't want to capture our maternity phase or our newborn below 15 days of age because um you know the even yeah there were some cultural taboos here absolutely uh, or it was just a safety based thing so mm-hmm. my challenge at that point was how do i educate everyone that hey one it's a great memory to fay to sort of document and you don't have to go public with it you don't necessarily have to put everything online two right. was uh, giving them that trust factor that you know you can trust me um i'm not going to i'm not going to work with you just because i want to publish your pictures um second uh, sorry and the third thing would be educating them on the processes and the methods to handle a newborn the safety and hygiene involved in it and give them a lot of behind the scene videos footage whatever possible information i could in whatever mediums um that existed to say mm-hmm. that this is what a newborn should looks like and this is what the outcome looks like and these are memories you definitely want to take because 
kids grow really fast and you don't want to miss the stage. <laughs> yeah. So that, that challenge was huge and it took a while to, you know, sort of um, uh, overcome. But mm-hmm. now, thankfully, the whole thing's a huge trend and, um, yes. you know, everyone's open to the idea. But I still think there's a small segment um, of people who still have those reservations and mm-hmm. I respect them now because we have a really huge market. We're a populated yeah. country. <laughs> that i completely agree with see if one disagrees there's always 10 others so that is the beauty of living in india for sure that is true <laughs> amrita i just uh, wanted to know did you ever have self doubt because you know we were starting out it was quite new you didn't know which direction it will go um did you ever feel that fear and how did you deal with it oh um I wish I could say no. I wish I was one of those really <laughs> smart, sassy, confident women out there who says, "No, I'm sure what I'm doing." Okay. Unfortunately, no though, because um day 1 uh-huh. until very recently, every day was, you know, filled with self-doubt. Can I do it? Do I deserve it? Um am I worthy of it? Am I smart enough to answer those questions? Am I smart enough to even go live on Instagram and talk to people? Am mm-hmm. I uh do I have enough experience? I think those are um very in it to how you're raised i think i mean if you if i have to put things into perspective right yeah. and i've i've yeah. always been raised by a family that's told me you can do anything you want to you've got the confidence you have the smart spirit so i've always been encouraged by my immediate tribe and family so that has given me a certain amount of confidence to take the plunge it was just about the acceptance of failure that you know i think i picked up while working in a corporate and had i had some amazing bosses who had my back no matter what and would nudge me to take chances so right. i take the chances but i still have self doubt and uh overcoming that really just comes with facing your fears um and this is actually one of my most sorry to bring it up here but it, it is one of my most recent podcast episodes where i talk about facing fears and some outrageous things i've done in my life to face those fears but, okay um, i love this question because it, it applies to everyone ah uh, yes i will check it out definitely because i have been following you on instagram for a very long time and uh, i see that you keep on posting reels where you talk about your real life like you talk about the other side which nobody sees and yeah I, that that is quite interesting because people never talk about their failures they are not comfortable talking about their failures which is so important to let others know that it's okay to fail and it's okay to rise up from there because if you don't fail you will not know what is going wrong and how to fix it so that is really true and i i just have one more point to add there about um the whole online existence and how everybody is putting out their you know putting their best foot out there their best yeah. face out there and the best times out there right and i think that's a that's good it's it's a feel good factor you want to share it with your community your followers or your friends even but um the reality of uh, you know handling a business on your own uh, the challenges that are associated with it and the failures that come with it um are real and should be spoken about which is why i'm trying to sort of put the word out there if i had less self doubt i'd be sharing more stories <laughs> i'm slowly breaking out <laughs> myself but here's an interesting thing yeah um so sorry just to finish that one yeah uh, here's an interesting thing a good friend told me one uh, uh-huh. a good friend told me once is that in this profession you lose lots you mm-hmm. win some so right. you've got to be prepared to lose a lot but have just a few wins and if you operate with that mindset 
you don't mind knocking on a hundred doors before you know someone accepts it. Exactly. I hope I, I'm just going to plug in my podcast here as well. Please do listen to my podcast for that very reason. <laughs> I to promote this, and at the same time, go and listen to Amrita Saman's podcast as well. Uh, but but that is what I'm. I, I was saying that since that you have come on my podcast, I think I, you will be a little more confident to share your own um, views after this. Hopefully, <laughs> that's very true. I'm so scared to talk about these things on my own podcast, but I, I'm very happy to talk about it here. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Finally, <laughs> somebody. I feel really nice now. Um, Amrita, now. after facing a lot of challenges you have set ups in chennai bangalore and singapore so how do you juggle those um i'm actually trying to figure and structure my answer because my life is so unstructured because of all these <laughs> locations um so i was born and raised in chennai but i moved yeah. to bangalore about 11 years ago uh, uh-huh. and that's kind of why i set it up in both chennai and bangalore because you know these okay. are cities i'm familiar with the network is huge in both of them and mm-hmm. there was great demand and the cities are also in close proximity so it just mm-hmm. made business sense from that angle and i split my time between both of these cities equally over the last 7 uh, years um crazy would be an understatement or um, mm-hmm. or not the right word to describe it but it it's been crazy not only because of the business in two cities but i also traveled to um other uh cities as well in india so hyderabad and bombay are uh huge markets as well and then the tier okay. cities in india as well are like places we go to so do we travel across india yes we do uh <laughs> but singapore part came in because i was getting a lot of requests uh from you know friends and family i knew who are okay. from india but live and they wanted to shoot there when they go there on vacation or because mm-hmm. the locations there are nicer um and oh. over a period of time i realized that hey you know if i were to do business there i'll have to do it in a proper manner so i registered a company there and mm-hmm. um sorted myself out um with all legalities and then decided to pursue the business there too and i think that was possibly one of the best decisions i made because it is absolutely amazing to shoot there the locations are beautiful but also i've been meeting the most amazing people from across countries for this job and it's it's just um as much as the travel is a pain i really uh-huh. really enjoy it and i really enjoy meeting uh families from across the world so yes it's crazy but it's fun <laughs> i think that is the most uh, exciting part of your job that it's unsettled it's unstructured and uh, every day is a new day you don't know what is going to come next uh, maybe with the photo shoot maybe with the location you have absolutely no idea and that makes it more exciting i think you put that together really well for me thank you <laughs> uh, so amrita i have one query for you how are you managing now with the entire new social distancing norm um honestly when the when the whole city locked down or when the country locked down you know mm-hmm. um i was like um somewhere inside my head i'm like oh my god i'm actually going to get a break right and because yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, i'm i'm a typical type a personality and i'm constantly working but oh um i really thought this would be time to catch up with everyone and everything else but um as soon as work stopped because of the pandemic and the lockdown i found other ways to find work for myself so what i did is i've actually spent the entire lockdown 
uh, creating an online resource for photographers. So I've been an educator in photography for the last couple of years and okay. uh, I conduct workshops across. So this was my chance to create this online platform to, uh, that, that would be filled with resources like how-to guides, eBooks, online live classes, record, pre-recorded videos to teach them everything from A to Z of child photography and the business of child photography. So I spent all those months creating this online school, which has been, you know, on my uh, to-do list for the last two years. So this was mm -hmm. a perfect opportunity. So I really use that time well. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I was, I think I really miss going to the studio and meeting babies and, you know, working with them. But I think come June, early mid-June, I started work again. Uh, things opened up in the city. Um, and uh, the only thing that's hampered business is the lack of travel but there's enough work in the city itself. So, you know, um, things filled up very quickly. So touch wood, you know, that um, <laughs> so, yeah. has resumed to normal, uh, mm -hmm. but just with a lot of, a lot of sanitization protocols in place uh, to keep the whole thing extremely safe for children and for us. Um, so yes, I mean, works kind of back to normal, I, it, although it's pretty scary um, with the given situation. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I think 2020, while it has been catastrophic in so many senses, mm -hmm. uh, personally, within my own isolation, isolated space, I think I use this time really well. That you definitely have because I checked out your blog and it is quite interesting. It is very to the point, uh, the kind of information that you're giving out so that anybody who wants to go see it, they can definitely go through it and understand it. Even a layman can understand it. So uh, that is quite interesting. <laughs> and I also read this one uh, point, Amrita, that you also teach uh, photography to new parents so that they can use their smartphones and also click their own, I mean, their baby pictures. So where did you get that idea? Okay, yeah. So I, I, I'm glad you asked me this question. I'm super excited <laughs> to talk about it because I'm super passionate about anything related to photography for that matter. But okay. um, Here's what I was trying to do, right? I mean, every time I meet parents, the, the two things I keep mm -hmm. hearing from them is that, you know, we look forward to our, our milestone photo shoots with you. So basically milestones are, you know, bringing the baby in for their um, quarterly milestones, like the first month, third month, sixth, ninth, and 12th month. Ooh. These are all major milestones in the baby's first year. So parents do come back to me three or four times the first year itself and uh -huh. uh, get photos done. And they look forward to it because... That is where they document their um, the, the baby milestones. But I did realize that you know sometimes in between phases or in between milestone shoots, there are so many moments uh, a mom or a dad sees on a daily basis, and they they can capture it on their smartphones, but they don't do the best job at it. While some do, some are not fully equipped to do it. So uh, the idea stemmed from there, and I've been on this mission for the last um, a year to share whatever knowledge I have with smartphone cameras and teach parents the best use or rather how to use their smartphones to the best value and get some beautiful memories in. So I give them ideas on how to set up, you know, different um, props that are lying around the house to, you know, make 
better compositions, to shoot their children better in, or to document their children better with good light. Uh, I teach them how to use the different features of their particular smartphone. And mm -hmm. I've been doing this through workshops online so far. And I did maybe one or two in-person ones as well. But right now I've actually been creating content for a, a massive module on smartphone photography for parents. And that should be launching around November and December first week. And uh, it's the content's free. So everybody can get to use it and learn from it. And I'm really hoping to take that places. I'm really hoping to change um, what it means to take photographs at home as well. So nothing's really missed and they have some amazing memories for the kids later. <laughs> so you're teaching the person how to fish rather than just give them a fish to eat. Pretty much. I like how you put that. Thank you. <laughs> I've just been creating analogies to whatever you're saying. So, yeah. This is great synergy between us. I love it. <laughs> Yay. So I just wanted to ask you one thing. Um, I mean, I've been asking you a lot of things. Uh, but this is something I wanted to know. You have an all-women team, if I'm not mistaken. Can you tell us more about that? Why this decision? Okay, so um, this whole idea of just recruiting women into the team was, um, I mean, I didn't start out with the mission of, okay, let me only hire <laughs> women. But um, over time, I realized the value add because um, in my own journey, there were lots of uh, crossroads where, you know, I felt like the, the opportunities for women in the creative field were definitely lesser. And I mean, I will state it that we're still a minority in this space, which is so male dominated. Um, it, that is the scales are slowly tipping. Yes, mm -hmm. completely agree. But it's we're definitely still a minority compared to uh, men in the field. So I just thought about, hey, what if I were to open those opportunities more for women um, yeah. so as to enable them to do or to grow in the space? Right. And um, touched wood by God's grace, you know, the business picked up over the years and there were, uh, I think there were, there was great potential for me to hire a team and grow the business. So that's when I decided to, okay, let's, let's do it this way. Let's hire only women and uh, take it from there. And right now we're a seven member strong team and without whom I cannot do anything. I'm so um, grateful to these girls who are, really strong women in their own spaces and add so much value to making the brand what it is today. Uh, however, however, um, <laughs> it does not mean that I don't entertain any <laughs> male profiles <laughs> that apply for a job um, okay. that's changed, but I definitely want to keep it, um, keep, keep, I think the ratio is a little higher for uh, women joining the company. That's, um, that's really the reason why. Okay. Okay. Quite interesting. Thank you for creating job opportunities for women, for sure. Uh, and I also had one question related to your logo. So your logo seems as if, um, you know, a child has crawled mommy shots with Amrita. So where did you get that idea? Is it something that you did on your own? Oh, no. It's, um, well, the idea was, uh -huh. um, was mine, but I, it was executed by a really good friend of mine. Uh, okay. who's quite the genius at design and uh, I've got him to thank for it but um, the, the, I just wanted the, the entire logo to be very relatable to mm -hmm. uh, you know mom seeing it and it I think it really best describes what I do in terms of working with children <laughs> so yes um, I wish I could take 100% credit but no 
Okay, I thought it was your idea, so I was about to give you hundred percent credit and say that oh my god, it's so amazing. Um, it it really is. Yeah, half of it. <laughs> it's actually interesting because you know uh, that is the one thing that catches your eye when you just see the logo. You know that oh, this is like a scroll, and uh, exactly depicts what you are trying to give and give the customers. So kudos to that idea for sure. Thank you. <laughs> So Amrita what is the one thing that you keep doing every day to keep yourself relevant to the ever changing field Hello did i lose you You haven't lost me i'm thinking Okay oh. <laughs> I don't know it's an audio podcast <laughs> Um I live such an unstructured life i do have a, a fairly decent routine but i'm thinking about that one thing that keeps me uh, or that makes me stay relevant to this uh-huh. world um honestly the hustle required uh-huh. to run a business i think this is something i got from my parents I, i'm from a family of entrepreneurs so i think i've got this hustle from them and mm-hmm. if if it weren't for the hustle to actually succeed or to reach a, a level of excellence i don't think i'd be i'd be doing what i'm doing today um that is staying ahead of the curve staying you know on top of things uh, constantly improving myself um i i don't i don't believe in competition even though it makes make me sound very um snooty i just don't <laughs> believe in competition the competition is really with me and about being the best version of myself so i think my also my uh standards for myself are so high and i'm never there and when if i get there i'm never happy so it's not a good thing um it's definitely not a healthy mindset but that's what really helps me get out of bed every day and take challenges that come to me okay coming to uh, almost the end of the interview i would like to ask you what is the message you would like to give an up and coming photographer one i'm really sad is the end of the interview because i've had such amazing set of questions from you it's Yay. really made me think <laughs> on the other side um <laughs> but yes coming to your actual question yeah um, i have a very simple obvious answer uh even though it's obvious it's most often overlooked which is if you're an up and coming photographer and if you know this is a uh the space you want to specialize in and grow within i think it's really important that you understand how much effort you have to put in how much hard work there is to it uh mm-hmm. which means picking up your camera every single day getting out there and shooting in every kind of situation um you know i keep hearing excuses about um oh i don't have the same camera as you so my pictures are not going to be as good or i don't have this or i don't have that yes i think we can all complain no matter where we are in life we can all complain about what we don't have but i think it's about really thinking um or thinking positively about what you have you have a pair of eyes you have hands that function you have legs that can take you places you have a camera any camera even a phone camera is enough to get out there and make beautiful pictures and that's the second thing i want to lead to which is if you want to be a photographer and if you want to be known you want to be you want to have people notice your pictures or appreciate it it's not about um the hula balu online it's not about social media and the popularity there it's about how good those pictures are how meaningful they are and what purpose or intent you're shooting them with all of those factors have to be uh keyed in um and at the end of the day producing good work that is work 
today should be better than the one you shot yesterday and tomorrow should be even better. So constantly improving your work um, is the only way forward for any photographer, I guess. And those are quite interesting uh, themes to lead the people with. I think, uh, I hope they will act upon this, anybody who is starting out. Um, but there's this one question I want to ask, which is unrelated to your journey. Amrita, yeah. who clicks your pictures? They're so flattering. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, <laughs> I get extremely controlling. I get my team to shoot, but you should ask them about it and they'll crib to you. How I actually <laughs> get them to sit in the position. I take the photograph and then I show it to oh. them and I'm like, take the exact same picture. <laughs> oh my God, okay. <laughs> Yes, I'm that difficult. <laughs> Otherwise, I think I know my angles best and I'm so controlling. It's horrible. It's really bad because I talk about creative liberty all the time and I really trouble my my, uh, my teammates about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> no, I can imagine because <laughs> I, I was expecting that there was a professional photographer at the uh, behind the camera. But this happens with me as well. Or I think this happens with everybody who is a little decent in a photographer that they click good pictures of others and when it is time to get their own pictures clicked it's a mess absolutely it's like that is why i have to click my own pictures (laughs) absolutely it's like um let me check my picture oh no i'm not happy with this move it this way a little higher a little lower it's all those instructions the the usual instagram drama (laughs) but they are beautiful for sure all of them like all of them I have stalked you on the internet uh, to prepare this questionnaire and I know that all your pictures are really great. There's also Photoshop. Don't forget that. (laughs) Okay. You don't have to say that on record. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So, Amrita, uh, coming to the final question, what does the word settling mean to you? I'm actually the wrong person. Sorry, I'm actually the wrong person to ask this question to because um, <laughs> I've never found myself to be settled. <laughs> and um, it's, um, it's one of the reasons why I was excited about uh, being on this podcast. The term <laughs> unsettled is, um, is so me and I mean it with a very, I mean, it's a very positive connotation to it as well, right? Which is yeah. uh, being unsettled also kind of implies being out of your comfort zone and and trying to find the space that you can call settled. So uh, this entire journey of mine from my uh, from my you know student life to my corporate job to uh, owning a business, uh, being a photographer, trying to be an artist uh, has the entire journey has been unsettled as ever, and that's what has really contributed to making me who I am today. And today I can take a little pride and say, you know, I've, I've understood my priorities in life. Um, kindness, generosity, having a big heart are more important to me than um, reaching a specific, you know, professional goal. So yeah. um, all of it has contributed. So I, I love the word unsettled for that reason, because mm-hmm. it's the constant unsettled feeling that has brought me here. And um I don't know if I want to see myself settled <laughs> right now, at least right now. <laughs> okay. So stay unsettled. That is actually the kind of thing that I am also propagating. Um, and that is what the other Amrita is also saying. So yeah, I, this is quite confusing. Both the Amrita say the same thing. 
we're so in sync i love it <laughs> yes that is so true so um, it's the end of the episode amrita i'm sad i really yeah. enjoyed questions me too i'm sad as well i had a ball talking to you it was quite interesting the conversation and you are also so energetic and you know i mean excited and passionate about your life that it translates in the way you speak so uh, thank you for that amrita i really I mean, honestly some of your questions are so thought provoking i think i'm still going to be thinking about them after this podcast and really trying to find the true answer not the podcast answer to it <laughs> Okay when you find the answer do let me know as well <laughs> I will <laughs> I'll yeah. call you back be like abhi record karo <laughs> ha chalega done we'll do that <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey with me you are an inspiration for everyone who wants to follow their dream and um, you freeze memories with time with your skills and they are a beauty to look at i feel really blessed that i could be a small part of your journey and thank you so much for doing this with me thank you amrita really i really enjoyed this entire chat it was a lot of fun and i'm really looking forward to listen to all the future podcasts as well yes i have a dedicated follower now i'm really excited <laughs> <laughs> all right okay amrita thank you bye 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 hi if you can hear this that means you have reached the end of the episode so like share subscribe follow stay tuned to unsettling and if you want to get in touch with me you can always reach out to me on my instagram page amritasukumar_unsettling or send me an email on podcast.unsettling.as@gmail.com hope to hear from you soon bye